1: This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com.
0: And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You
2: work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Rich EV, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden in New York City. And Vice President, Kemala Harris. eres, that's right, Kamala Harris, she was on The View today. And before she could even get on the set, they removed two members of The View, both Sonny Hostin. And I forget whatever her name was. Anyway, they had to get walked off the set
3: and... There seems to be something happening here that I'm not 100% aware of. Can someone please apprise me of the situation? I need uh,
2: the two of you to step off for a second.
3: Okay. Anna and, and, uh, and, and we're going to okay. Yes. Yeah. And we'll tell you why. More information later. It's a tease. We'll t- tell you why in a couple of minutes. So shall I introduce the vice president? Yes. Okay. So, vice president... No. no. Nope. Okay. Shall we dance? Let's do a tap dance. Let's do a tap dance. <laughs> let commercial. We'll come back. Talk about what? What, what else can we talk about for uh,
2: hot topics? OK. Talks? Oh, as we always
3: do in when we're in a tight spot. We'll be right back.
2: So we're going to keep you updated on that. But President Biden, before he was vice president, was on PBS Charlie Rose show in 1994. And you might have heard this already or seen it on social media. I know I saw this on social media yesterday morning or maybe the day before. It's about the Haiti stuff. And he literally were to sink into the ocean, nobody would miss it. Well, maybe that's my paraphrase. This is exactly what he said. If if some of us are right on Bosnia, that uh, this ethnic (laughs) cleansing has the potential to rear its ugly head in Ukraine and and, and, and Belarus and
1: in the former Soviet Union, where they have... Uh, major uh,
2: arsenals of nuclear weapons where they have long histories of national wars where ethnicity dominates, uh, uh, that is a phenomenal potential consequence to the United States. If Haiti, a uh, god awful thing to say, if Haiti just quietly sunk into the Caribbean or rose up 300 feet, it wouldn't matter a whole but lot in terms of our the interest. War- Those are his thoughts. Now, yes, a lot of people have had negative to say about Haiti, but this is not him talking about... The situation in Haiti, the government situation, like when, you know, President Trump called many countries uh, S-hole countries, he was talking about corruption and things like that. Here, Biden is literally talking about everything as a whole, saying, look, we, the United States has no foreign policy interests, no humanitarian interest. He doesn't care. And that was back in 1994, all over again. And Joe Biden turning a blind eye to the humanitarian crisis at the border, the chaos that he himself created. Look, you could love him or you could hate him. But Donald Trump, when he was in office, did not have this problem at the border. There was a problem and he fixed it. And it was a problem that existed since the kids in cages. Cages were built by Joe and Barack. And that's just a matter of fact. These aren't points. And I know this only because of my work with Project Veritas back in 2014. I had two teams of people on the groundsville at the border in McAllen. And they were reporting back to us. And telling us everything that was going on. And and we'd seen this stuff. And the images that you saw in the newspapers, we all know that was from that era, 2014, 2015. So it wasn't Trump that built these cages that uh, he was accused of. It was Barack and Joe. Anyway, point is, Biden doesn't give a damn. And to me, this shows his truly racist roots. You know, when he talked about was creating that crime law back in the 90s, the 93 crime bill. It was just so evident. He just doesn't give a damn. And not because of hatred. Just because of the way he was raised. He just doesn't care. He's always been a supporter of the supported segregation. And that's, again, just a matter of record, a matter of fact. And that's where he's at. So whether he's at the U.N. and making stumbling mistakes there or anywhere else, that's where he's at. That's Biden in a nutshell. Now, a couple other headlines I want to look at. Cuomo, the younger one, sexual harassment. Okay. Birds of a feather, and I'm not trying to indict him on this show. This isn't the type of news I like to comment on all too often. I'd rather, talk about that are of import to a lot of people. Not whether uh, Chris Cuomo was getting fresh on email. Joy Reid, here's one. You know, Joy Reid last week she accused Ben Shapiro, Tucker Carlson, saying these were anti-vax white nationalists uh, because of their support for Nicki Minaj. I also supported Nicki Minaj. I guess I am now uh, to those on the left will be considered a white supremacist, despite my brownness, and. Now, she's uh, continuing. You know, she uh, on Monday, she said that Gabby Petito's story was the story of a missing white person, or excuse me, missing white person syndrome. And I'm not going to agree with Joy Reid there. I don't think it has to do with race per se, but I will say... A couple of years back, it was a big deal when they were trying to push this thing, save our girls, save our girls. I don't know if you remember that. But, um, um, not Barack Obama, but Michelle Obama was pushing this, this initiative. And it was because young black women, young girls, you know, teenagers and, and younger were being kidnapped from all over the, the DMV area and all over the country. And, and this is not just them. This happens with Hispanic kids. This happens with every race. However, in many years, I have to agree, I don't know it has to do with race, but I can say maybe it's connections, maybe it's something else. But when the Natalie Holloway story was like all over the news, I couldn't for the life of me figure out why is this such a big story? Like, why are we stopping the presses on the news coming, stopping the presses on absolutely anything that's happening? It's if the stock market didn't exist. Nothing happened when, when that happened. We was CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, Hannity, whatever. You turn it on, Natalie Holloway. And I was just like, all right, very unfortunate situation. If it was my kid, I would appreciate the same coverage. I would want that, that peace, that solace, that support from the media. No question. But I was just floored with why this girl, when these things do happen very often. And the same way when I came in last week and I saw that, you know, this was wall-to-wall coverage for Gabby Petito. And I thought, is this the daughter of President Petito from some country that we don't know of? Is she the the relative of of somebody that is really high up in the Biden administration? Is she the daughter of someone that's really up there in the CNN establishment? Who does she know and how are they getting all this coverage? Because, I mean, all the PR firms in the world wouldn't get you this this type of coverage. These types of stories happen all the time. True crime is a huge genre of husband kills wife, wife kills husband. I mean, you literally podcasts. there's TV shows, there's investigation, discovery, all sorts of stuff. You name it, it's there. So my question is, why? Why is this happening? Now, I understand the plight of this family. I do. I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. I'm just really curious to know because I know of lots of these stories that happen and they barely make it off the five o'clock news on a local network. So that's just uh, my question. You could tweet at me. Let me know your thoughts. At Rich Valdez with an S. At Rich Valdez on any of the uh, social networks. But I do want to know that, that uh, the impetus behind that. Now, Joy Reid, of course, she says that this is because Gabby Petito is white. Listen to this.
3: If you've been watching the news for the past few days or on Twitter or TikTok, you're probably familiar with the name Gabby Petito, the 22-year-old aspiring social media influencer who was reported missing after her fiance returned from their van life excursion without her. On Sunday, human remains believed to be Petito's were found in a national park in Wyoming. An autopsy is scheduled for tomorrow to confirm the identity. Now, it goes without saying that no family should ever have to endure that kind of pain. And the Petito family certainly deserves answers and justice. But the way this story has captivated the nation has many wondering, why not the same media attention when people of color go missing? Well, the answer actually has a name. Missing white woman syndrome, the term coined by the late and great Gwen Eiffel, to describe the media and public fascination with missing white women like Lacey Peterson or Natalie Holloway while ignoring cases involving missing people of color.
2: No, Joy Reid, I think what captivates the nation is how you can turn anything into a racist argument. I don't think it's necessarily racist, and I know that there's people out there that are going to say, well, it's funny that while it, you may say it's not racist, Rich, it just happens to be that whether it's Lacey Peterson or the other one she mentioned, Adley Holloway, they all happen to be white. I can't, I can't speak to that. I don't have the answer to that. I do know that she will turn anything into a racial argument, and that's disgusting. And not, quite frankly, it's, it's perverse in many ways, the way they pervert the media. They pervert depressed overall. That's not cool. But it doesn't surprise me. Coming from Joy Reid. Joy Reid also said in, I think, that same episode or maybe the following day that people need to stop using Facebook because Facebook has been caught potentially trafficking uh, or turning a blind eye to people that are being trafficked. And I say, hey, good for you for coming down on Facebook for that. But what's fascinating here to me is that Joy Reid's Facebook is still alive and well with lots of people on it. And she's saying, you know, this is a reminder that we need to cancel Facebook and Instagram, but she still has Facebook. And I'm just like, hmm, that doesn't make a lot of sense, right? And uh, Mr. A tweet that was out where she had tweeted something about how egregious it was and how, uh, you know, this whole thing was based on race. And it's a shame and and I agree that the whole thing is a shame, not necessarily about the race part. But I will say, uh, it was really funny when he told me, he said, somebody commented and said that, uh, man, it would be really awesome if Joy Reid had a national platform where she could talk about uh, bracket, black and brown girls that were missing and i thought hmm hold on doesn't joy reed actually have a national platform so kudos to the clever twitter user that came up with that one that was definitely clever and this is exa- another example exactly the type of hypocrisy that the democrats frequently espouse it doesn't matter what they're doing it's like we got to do this we got to do this ah oh, but we can't do that even like don lemon don lemon he he makes this case about voter id and saying that it's it's somehow in, it sounds like, it makes sense. It sounds fair. But when you really dig deep, you realize, yes, it's actually racist. Listen to this. I think you have to look, as you said, into the intent, and you have to do your research. Because people say that all the time. Why should you have
0: to show an ID? And I say, do your research and and figure out what kinds of people don't
2: historically have IDs or who... Um, who tend to have, do tend not to have IDs uh, as to the rest of the population. And so you gotta, you got to look at all of those things and not just at the surface, as you said, ask a question or, su- you know,
0: some summary question like, oh my gosh. Yeah, of course. Everyone's going to say yes until you actually get down to the nitty gritty. And they know exactly what they're doing. That's and, right. Yes, is it you know racist? who doesn't know what they're racist. doing?
2: The Democrats. Yeah. Because when you know that that's what you're up against, that they are willing to do anything to get power back. And you're going to fight with each other? Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, sometimes, you know, the old saying, never get into a battle of wits when an unarmed man really comes into play. And this is one of those situations, because guess what? This person clearly has no clue. No clue. If you're going to say, look, asking for ID for just about anything is OK, because, again, what makes it inherently racist about voting? And you've heard these examples before, but whether it's uh, cashing a check, whether it's and again, direct deposit kind of takes that out of the, the loop. But there are still such a thing as check cashing joints, right? With the bulletproof glass, and oftentimes in very urban neighborhoods. And uh, I've been to them. And, and as a kid, um, they were all over the place where I grew up. And I think people, in order to cash a check in those places, you definitely have to present ID. And that's not racist, right? Is it racist when you go to a check cashing place and present your ID? to cash a check? Of course not. So asking for it to vote is not somehow sacrosanct. It's not somehow above reproach where we're not able to ask for anything or add anything or continue to to scrutinize if somebody is still living in a district. They're trying to abolish districts so that we don't have voting districts. We really got to look at that stuff and just take it for what it's worth and not play too much into the racism and uh, we're depriving grandma of water and all those crazy things that they've talked about all summer long and all year long. And as we stand here today, Friday, September 24th, 2021, we really got to sit here and ask, is it actually racist to have voter ID as a requirement? Is it actually an act of racism because Don Lemon says that for some reason, black people don't have access to an ID card or when Joe Biden himself said black and brown people don't know how to use the Internet to register to vote or whatever he said. You remember that, right? I mean, these things are just absolutely insane. Anyway, don't move a muscle. We've got a lot to come straight ahead. A little bit more on that uh, report that came out from JustFacts.com. I'm going to give you some of the info on that. Plus, I also want to talk about Biden, how he's gone from kids in cages to potentially kids in Gitmo with this border crisis. So don't move a muscle. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich just put my name in there and you'll get it for free justfacts.com slash rich this is America alright America. Welcome back. Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. At Rich Valdez on all the social media. You can check us out on richvaldez.com. That's Valdez with an S. For any back episodes or any additional information you want to get. And we are on Getter, Parlor, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Getting a lot of traction lately on Instagram. So uh, join the party at Rich Valdez with an S. And I want to talk about what's going on at the border and throw in a little bit more of this Haitian stuff because I think, I love the Haitian people. I know many Haitian people I, I've been to to the island of Hispaniola on the side. I think they're a wonderful people, and I don't think it's fair what's happening in their country. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that I think we should empty out Haiti and bring them all to the United States, but I think there is a, uh, a time and a place for asylum. There's a time and a place for all sorts of things like that. Cuba is one of those places where we look at and we say, oh, wow, if we could take some people from there because they're facing oppression. I mean, the type of oppression and and corruption that people face in Haiti. I mean, it's off the charts. They have been assassinating their presidents forever in Haiti. That clip that we played from Biden before, where he was saying if they sunk in, that was in response to the assassination of the president back then. And mind you, that just happened a couple of months ago, where they uh, tried to kill the other president that they just had. And then they had an earthquake, and they had all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, there is a, a long history of problems in Haiti. And for somebody to say that they do or don't qualify for asylum again, not I'm not the immigration guy, but I would say uh, probably a whole lot more than many of the people that are actually getting in and probably a whole lot more than the guys from Afghanistan that were strangling their wives on the army base. Right. The guys that just came in Biden's recent pullout. And again, I defend all the ones that served America. I don't know if these guys did or didn't, if they supported the military or not, if they snuck in with the others. Don't know. But I do know we've got some problems on our hands and Biden is really messing the bed here. And that, that was a comment I made the other day on social media. And I just said, you know, it's a disgrace the way that Biden's handling the border. And the, the flippant responses that you get from the White House when members of the media that are courageous enough to even ask a question, ask a question, and they say, you know, um, to Jen Psaki, Jen, circle back Pasaki, Psaki, Silent P, of course, and they ask her, you know, what's going on with this or what's going on with that? She right away, um, she snaps all the time and she just gets nasty and gives these very short, curt responses. You know, saying, "Well, look, you know, there's smugglers at the border." Anyway, listen to this.
4: There's a range of factors here. It's hard to really gauge what percentage, or I can't attribute at this point what percentage each of those factors are. Obviously, there are challenging circumstances on the ground in Haiti with the government unrest, with the earthquake. Uh, there are also a number of smugglers who are taking advantage of this, and we've seen that over the course of the last couple of weeks. Um, certainly, we're aware of that reality. We've seen that as in parts, other parts of Central America as well. Uh, but, you know, that's something uh, that we have no doubt has
2: contributed to a rapid influx of people. Now, of course, Jen back Pasaki and all the rest of the uh, Democrats that are out there, they assume no responsibility for anything. Now, remind you, when Trump was president and when he came in, th- there was a big problem and he fixed that problem and he left it fixed. All of a sudden now we've got the worst problem we've ever had. 200,000 people a month are sneaking into this country. And I can't even say sneaking in because most of them have come by invitation from Joe El Baboso Biden, the president, or his secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. And they're literally here. And some of them are pregnant and some of them are ill and some of them are not. And they're all over the place. And some of them are with their parents and some of them are not. Some of them are kids. Horrible, the stuff that I see. I mean, maybe you're seeing it on the news too. I hope that you are. But for those that aren't watching as much news as I am and getting as many text messages and emails that I do from reporters across the country that are always trying to pitch me ideas for the show and whatnot and the things that you see and it's like, wow, this is absolute insanity. Absolute bedlam. It's crazy. But Jennifer circle back. For sake, says, no, no, no. Listen, this is all the fault of President Trump. Listen to this. What does he believe the, of the comparisons being made between his administration and the Trump administration? We saw Congressman Maxine
1: Waters just at today saying this is Trump's policy. Several other Democrats are saying this looks like the previous administration. What does he think of those comments? Well. What
4: our role is, and what the president has asked uh, his outreach team, members of his national security team, homeland security team to do, is to explain clearly what our policy is and what our policy is not. We could not see it as any more different from the policy of the prior administration, which the president feels, we all feel, was inhumane, immoral, ineffective, uh, not operationally, wasn't operationally working. And because of the dysfunction uh, of it, it, we have led to a very broken system that we're dealing with today. So what he has asked all of us to convey clearly to people who are understandably have questions, are passionate, are concerned, as we are about the images that we have seen, is one, we feel those images are horrible and horrific. There is an investigation the president certainly supports, overseen by the, the Department of Homeland Security, which he has conveyed will, will happen quickly. I can also convey to you that the secretary also conveyed to civil rights leaders earlier this morning that we would no longer be using horses in Del uh, so that is something, a policy change that has been made in response.
2: Unbelievable how fake and phony and fraudulent some of these people are, but that's exactly how they are. And to sit here and put everything at the feet of Donald Trump when you know damn well that he did not leave you this problem. This is one problem we cannot blame on Trump. Maybe not one. There's a whole bunch of problems that we can't blame Afghanistan on Trump. They've tried to blame just about everything on him. But the reality is this is Biden's. He's got to own it. And quite frankly, the media has been holding him to account. Even uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, he was on the, uh, the news, and I don't know if I have this clip available, but he was on the news with CNN's Brianna Keeler, and he makes a statement about how, you know, how there's some problems at the border, and she says, excuse me, what's the point in avoiding the, the word crisis when it's clearly a crisis? With leadership like that, no wonder we're in the crisis and experiencing the chaos that we are. From the coronavirus and the way that's blown up and the way they're now abusing people's rights and people are losing their jobs and either people are going to be forced to be vaccinated or we're going to have massive unemployment because of all these just roundabout ways or as Biden's people even put it, workarounds around people's rights in the Constitution that we've seen. The Democrats were all happy. And you heard it on two or three episodes ago. of This is America. We played that montage of the Democrats all saying we can't do that. We can't force people to take a vaccine. We can't mandate a vaccine. So Biden figures, you know what? I, don't, I can't man. The government can't mandate you, but I can pressure businesses and businesses will pressure you. And it's working just like just like the Communist Party's working in China, leaning on everybody, taking their 51 percent ownership of every last thing. And it's a damn disgrace. So anyway, don't move a muscle straight ahead. We're going to talk about what's going on with this coronavirus. And even the people within the government, some of them are speaking out. A couple of whistleblowers from James Oak and Project Veritas. I announced this when I was uh, filling in for the great one as the story was breaking at around 8 p.m. And uh, we got some audio clips for you. And there's a follow-up story, as there usually is in Veritas fashion. Uh, Now they have a fda person the first person was from hhs saying that you know she saw her friend die after taking this thing and the doctor's saying it's bs now we've got a guy named taylor lee saying a whole lot of things so don't move a muscle i am rich valdez this is america this is america
4: This is America.
2: All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And uh, we're talking about the coronavirus and these whistleblowers that Project Veritas is giving some airtime to and getting undercover footage when it's available. And this one guy, he's not a whistleblower. He's one of the bad guys, in my opinion, works for the FDA. And he says, and I'm reading a transcript here, quote, we know... There's this big mistrust, and it's like deep-rooted. I can't, but at the same time, like a blow dart. That's where we're going. Yeah, I mean, my personal thing is like, you know, you get blow darts of J&J, and again, I'm a little cynical. So, I mean, this guy's literally suggesting, even if it's in cynical fashion, that the government go somehow door to door and blow a dart filled with vaccine, the way they do in the jungle, to tame animals and whatnot, and do this to people. Now, the worst part, get ready, if you haven't heard this or seen this, he's talking about people of color, pox, BIPOC, right? Black, indigenous people of color. That's who he's talking about. African-Americans, Hispanics, saying that because there seems to be a reticence in this group of people to not get vaccinated. And again, I mean, if you want to look at the history, was there experimentation on sterilization done on women in Puerto Rico? oh hell yeah yeah we talked about it on this uh, program about three or four episodes ago Uh, was there some experimentation on on blacks back in the day yep yep you bet there was so it's not without reason that these groups uh, are skeptical anyway point being he's literally saying this and I want you to hear it right from his mouth listen to this
1: I remember reading about how COVID trial if they were having an issue recruiting African-American people, and it was because of a different medication the government tried to do that was specifically designed to kill African-Americans. Oh, so like a mistrust thing. Yeah. But this thing's safe, though. And we know that now, but like, again, I think there is still this big mistrust in, like, it's deep-rooted. Yeah. can't blame them. I can't, but at the same time, like, low dark where we go. You know? Yeah. I mean, my personal thing is like, you know, you get blow darts of J&J. And again, I I'm a what little do you mean cynical blow darts of J. Yeah, Johnson & Johnson. What do you mean? like go to the unvaccinated, blow it into them? Blow dart it into them? Yeah. That's that's where I am at this point. How do we reach the minority populations? Is there a way to do it? I want to get back to normal. I'm sure there is. I'm not the person to answer it, though. Mm-hmm. Other than blow darts. Because <laughs> I think that is a great
4: solution.
1: <laughs> well, the problem with that is... Uh Americans and they might think that it's like almost like a callback to like getting shot by like the. It's fine. We'll go for the whites first. There you go. We'll post like video campaigns about doing it to the whites first and then they can't call it. Then they can't say it's racist. Exactly. Because again, it it, it almost harkens back to like the folks shot in Africa by a blow dart and then put in a. We'll have to uh, hire some Amazonians first. Yes. Because like they'll get it done.
2: So he says, wow, it's fine. We'll go for the whites first. We'll post like video campaigns about doing it to whites first. And then they could call it and he gets cut off. Yeah, well, we have to hire some Amazonians first because they'll get it done. I mean, just the flippant manner of speech shows just how totalitarian he is. Now, if you're thinking, Rich, stop with your fake outrage because, you know, you say the same things when you're on a hidden camera. No, I actually don't. <laughs> I really do believe in this thing of liberty. I think it's much more fair to say that we should allow people to do what they want to do, not for the government to go door to door and blow dart people with a vaccine. But wait, there is more. Same guy, Taylor Lee, FDA economist. He works for the Feud and, uh, Feud, Food and Drug Administration on Hidden Video of Project Veritas. He says, we can go door-to-door with vaccines, but that sounds a little bit like Nazi Germany. Check this one out. In my opinion, the fitness industry dealing with this, they do have to force it door-to-door. Yeah.
1: And what are the chances of that, that happening? I mean, census goes door-to-door if you don't respond. So have the infrastructure to do it It costs a ton of money but i think at that point there needs to be a registry of the people who aren't vaccinated although that's sounding very germany at the same
4: point.
1: I mean we have to get back to home. So. I agree. It's hard. Yeah. Because I don't think there is a again, like I said before with other things, I don't think there's a good choice. There isn't a black or white choice. There's only grey choices. Because the black or white isn't feasible. I mean, I'm at the level where I'm like, honestly. I agree, I'm also there. But what I think and what the government will actually do are very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Cause if they start handing out vaccines, I'm gonna go door to door and stab everyone. Oh it's just your booster shot. There you go.
2: There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm not a trained licensed professional, it's fine. Wow. So he's comparing the census. Now, it's funny because the census goes door to door and they're like, hey, and you're like, nah, beat it. And they scram. He's talking about blow darting people, starting with the whites, hiring Amazonians, doing it. Yeah, I guess it's a little like Nazi Germany. Yeah, but who cares? This guy doesn't care about anything. He doesn't care about the Constitution. He doesn't care about human rights. He doesn't care about the Bill of Rights. And the reason he doesn't is because he was taught... To have disdain for America. He was taught that totalitarianism is okay. He was taught that the strongman leader, that we should come and everybody we don't like, we should squash as a bug. This is why when people say, oh, I hate the Democrats, then, then, then we are really no better than them. If we're willing to say, I wish we could just put all the Democrats in one big place and just blow the place up. No, we can't just do that. That's literally what Hitler did. People he didn't like for whatever reason, whether it was their race, their religion, uh, political affiliation, whatever. That's not the point of liberty. This is why when people are like, there's no other chance. At what point are we going to civil war, civil war? I just don't see how we get a. What do you mean you don't see how you? Somebody's cursing in your face and they're like, I will punch you in the face. I will lay you out. You have two choices right there. You can punch them back, punch them in the face, not back. I mean, if they're just talking, you can punch them, you can kick them, you can do whatever you want, right? Violence or turn around and walk away. You've got choices because they're all talk. It's not like they're coming in your face and they're hitting you. Then it becomes a situation of self-defense. And that's my point. Just because people say things we don't like, now the action they're taking, they're not taking against us physically, but it is personal. It is affecting our children. It is affecting our jobs. It is affecting our way of life. So we have to fight the way they're fighting. We can't sit here and just think that, oh, because we disagree with the people on the left. right? I don't like labor unions. If you work for a labor union, sorry, you just have a, a, a revelation now of a lower opinion of me. My apologies. I don't like them. I've never liked them. Well, why not? They advocate for the worker. Look, I think we got to advocate for ourselves. They have way too much power. They call the shots. New Jersey state government. I'd say half of it is controlled by unions, not by the government that was elected by the people. The system is warped. I realize I can't change it by myself, and maybe you and me together can't change it, but all of us working together, destroying the power structures, that's how you fight a war, right? When you have a war, you go after the military installations. You want to take out their tanks. You want to take out their planes. You want to kill the general, right? As much a command structure as possible so that they are weak. Well, this is the same thing. What is the structure? How does the Democrat party wield their power? They do it through the media, destroy the media. Now they're up on that. They realize, wow, CNN sucks, MSNBC, they also suck. So what did they do? They said, well, crank out nothing but propaganda. Do yourself a favor right now. And I know you don't want, no, I don't like it. Listen, go to msnbc.com, go to CNN.com and take a look at the headlines. They're not even news. It's straight up propaganda from beginning to end. On, on CNN, they literally have 10 articles on one topic, just taking shots. Everybody takes the same angle bang, 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 bang. This is why Trump's bad. This is why America's bad. This is why coronavirus is going to kill you. This is why you need 47 vaccines, right? And that's how they come at you. MSNBC, they're further to the left. So they're going to be, this is why this is racism, the racism you never knew existed. These three things could mean that you're secretly a racist, right? And they will just keep coming at you with that stuff. None of it's news. They want to criticize Fox News, but you go to Fox News, you'll actually see some news. You'll see things that actually happen today at the top of the page, not toward the middle or the end, because there's news, even if there is opinion, even if they do lean to the right, there's news. It talks about what happened today. So these guys, they said, how are we going to have power? We're going to have the media. We're going to have our own propaganda machine. All right, check. Perfect. Then they said, how do we get people to, you know, uh, education camps? No, we won't need to have education camps. We'll just call it public school. We'll have a teacher's union, and we will force these teachers to do our bidding. It doesn't matter if they were raised in a Catholic school or they came up in a Protestant school, whatever the problem is, doesn't matter. We'll solve it by threatening them with their paycheck. Once they're public employees, we can take the public's money by way of taxes. And guess what? You could be a second grade teacher at a Catholic school and get paid $55,000 a year. Or you could be a second grade teacher in a public school and maybe make $80,000 a year. Public sector, always making more money than the private sector. It's an artificial life, and that's how they get this leverage. That's, that's just the bottom line. They pay them more so that they can control them. And I learned this when I worked in the government, and I realized, wow, I would give, be given an assignment, I would complete the assignment, and they would look at me sideways and say, excuse me, that, that's, there's a three-week turnaround on that. And I'm like, yeah, but it only took me three hours to do. And they'd say, well, go revise it and bring it back in three weeks. And this wasn't Governor Christie per se. This was inside the bureaucracy that already existed. And these are the things he was working to take down. And that's why he cut the budget so much to cut off the blood supply, which is in effect the cash flow for so many parts of the, the government. And Trump did the same. But when you do too much of that, they come out against you. And this is where we live. So you've got unions. You've got the media. Every classroom somehow, whether it's the professors, whether it's the second grade teachers, I mean, every day it's a new atrocity that we hear coming out of public education and private universities and public universities. So they've taken over and that's where the fight is. So that's where we've got to bring them the fight. To me, that's the only way we win. Killing people isn't really going to solve this problem. It really won't because the ideology runs deep. And there are little kids that are right now accosting Senator Diane Feinstein, at least a couple of years ago they were. And they were little kids, eight, nine, ten years old, telling her, We're not going to have the world in 12 years. Blah, blah, blah. What we going to do? Start killing everybody? Just litmus test. What do you believe? Do you like AOC? Yes, no, maybe so. You can't do that. You just can't. So many of these people are young and trying to find their way and figure things out. This is the point that I'm making. Anyway, I know a lot of people disagree with me on this and they believe that, you know, we've got to, but we've got to fight. We do have to fight. And the sacrifice, let me tell you, it's a lot easier to say you're going to get into some civil war than to actually get into an ideological Cold War. And to me, that's where we are. And we're at it civilly with our fellow man, with our fellow American. You've got some people that truly believe that capitalism is bad and other people that truly believe capitalism is the best thing ever and it's lifted more people out of poverty than any other uh, economic system. They can't both be right, can they? Well, maybe some of them will say, well, well, it's not capitalism that I don't like. It's crony capitalism. And crony capitalism is the problem. It's greed that's the problem. As soon as you start injecting morality into everything, you lose track of what it actually is. We should be moral. The Constitution becomes devoid if it's immoral. Society as a whole becomes devoid if it's immoral. It's understood that we should be moral. It's understood that we should be good. That's a given. Nobody should embrace corruption, and capitalism doesn't embrace corruption, or at least the free market system doesn't. But of course, you're going to get a couple of bad actors. So the idea that we need to put checks and balances on every single thing is a debate I'm willing to have. I don't know that it's one that is, is a, a successful one. I don't think that those people that want to uh, that make the the case between unfettered capitalism and then like Nancy Pelosi was making the other day, capitalism's all right, but we've got to make it better. Listen, lady, don't make anything better. The only thing you should make better is Congress by stepping down and letting McCarthy become Speaker, and I really hope he does because we need somebody who's going to go after uh, Pelosi or go after whoever it gets in the way, so that we can get rid of Joe El Baboso Biden. That's, to me, that's the bottom line. That's the number one goal. But Rich, how could we do that? If we don't fix our elections. Oh God, maybe I'll do that one in the next uh, in the next show. Uh, I'm not sold, I'm not convinced. I've been around this stuff since I was in my early 20s, and I'm in my early 40s now. And I can tell you that I've seen elections that, that are stolen, I've seen fraud. I've seen it systemically. I've seen it repeatedly. And I still believe in our electoral process. I still believe that Republicans can win. Call me what you want. Anyway, you got to stand for something because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So make sure that you do something and rise up and be the change you want to see in the world and replace the crooked politician, replace the leftist teacher, replace the college professor, replace the news anchor with your kid, with your cousin, with your husband, with your wife, with whomever, with yourself, with your career, get out of retirement and get in the classroom, do whatever you've got to do But we need all hands on deck right now. Take the pay cut. Switch jobs. Move to another state. Do what you've got to do because this is the time that your family needs you. This is the time that America needs you. We're either going to get rolled on or we're going to be doing the rolling. So you let me know. Hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez and this is America. This is America.